My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. I am David part of the blue harvest crew that was a very slow intro david are you tired (laughs) what's up what's up everybody it's colin here we have a lot of news to break down where we are still kind of recovering from star wars day uh man that was such a fun like so for me star wars day was like it was like all week for me last week kind of (laughs) Because it was Star Wars week, right? Because that was like kind of staycation. Um, for those who don't know, I live in Florida, so we went to Disney like every day, and then we and then some of our friends, which we'll be dropping the review, um, uh, for the Halcyon later, but some of them actually had the chance to go on the Halcyon, so that review will be coming from uh, from some of the crew that does our breakdowns and review for the bad batch. Uh, but th- that's going to be coming later. Uh, but we, but they went on the Halcyon and then like star and cap and myself. And then our friend Craig uh, just came to the point of Batu and May 4th and we hung out. And then we uh, then got, then we had the chance to actually hang out with Hunter and Christian and them when they were doing the missions and everything. Uh, for the Halcyon, when you're on planet, you're having fun and everything, but you're also doing missions. So they, they were doing a bunch of stuff on their phones, also known as data pads uh, of, of when they're on planet. So you'll hear all about that review from them sometime this week. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a fun trip. And I've got a lot of stories. Uh, David, how did you spend your May 4th? Um, I went to the movie theater like three times. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume Still haven't 3. seen it yet. I'm seeing it tomorrow. <laughs> I have been avoiding spoilers. I was gonna yeah. see it on Friday, uh, and then our friends are here, and I was like, I, I, I never see them in person. I want to spend as much time with them as possible. So we got a refund on our tickets, and then we moved them to Tuesday. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't really seen any spoilers. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a terrific film. It's a, it's a space opera, and um, yeah. uh, just to say what's up to everyone in the chat here, um, and yeah, before we get started, we do want to recognize all the people that support us on Patreon. Uh, Liam and Maka right now are in the chat, but of course, we have other supporters out there, and I I want to recognize them like I always do. Um, on the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger. Deb McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, Zach Netzel, and Mariana Atia Arnold. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris. And on the black tier, we have Maka Tautala, who's in the chat right now, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, who is here right now watching us live, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much. Yeah. All your love, support. It's awesome. Thank you. Can't say thank you enough. Yeah. And it's cool to uh, have conversations with you, with you guys uh, via uh, messaging on Patreon and uh, I get to know 
you guys a little bit uh, more than than just the normal listener. It's it's awesome. So thank you so much. So Liam asked a question here. Please say we're not spoiling Jedi Survivor. I'm only thirty percent, and so we're not okay. right. So. I did post earlier on our Instagram that we were going to do our full review today. We're going to do a light review because David hasn't even touched the game yet. Uh, and uh, and then I uh, I just got done with Visions Volume 2. And I'm going to give a light review with not spoilers. I'm going to do my best not to do spoilers. Uh, I, I, I promise you that. Uh, but I will acknowledge stuff that we did see in the trailer. So. There is your clarification of like spoiler territory uh, because of our full review for visions and uh, Jedi survivor will be uh, happening on Wednesday. It will be a live stream. It will probably be a long episode because there's a lot to break down and Josh and Ben and I both love the game so much. And Josh was also very, very excited about Visions, So I know he has a lot to talk about there. Uh, but with that being said, no big spoilers for this review, but on Wednesdays, it will be a big spoiler. Yeah. Oh, all right. Where to begin? Oh, David, you're on mute. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I think people want to hear about your May 4th okay. week as you put it, because you were posting a lot. You were telling me all the different things you were doing, and it looked like you were having a ton of fun. And you had, essentially, the crew that reviewed the Bad Batch uh, when yes. live on the podcast. So everyone was there. You were all together at Galaxy's Edge East in Orlando, in Batu. Some of them did the Halcyon. So how Look. was it? <laughs> it's the high-level overview Oh, from man. Colin here. That was probably one of the best Star Wars days I've ever had. And I think our whole group going in had decently high expectations, but I don't think I don't think we really thought it was going to be as fun as it was. And I think the crew all being there made it more worth my like it made it more worthwhile to me. Uh because in, in, in the Star Wars community, you meet a lot of great people. And I think we got really lucky with this group of people and how much we love the Clone Wars and how much we love Star Wars. And it shows in our work for for costumes and the podcast and everything. And if you are on Patreon, you can hear us do uh, Clone Wars commentaries. And we're doing it in chronological order. And you hear the passion um, in all of our voices of when we're doing those breakdowns. And again, everyone that is in that picture, um, if you're on the live stream right now, it's uh, it, uh, it's myself, uh, Hunter, Josh, Starcap, and Christian, and we we had such a blast. And it wasn't just them; it was also my wife. It was uh, Josh's mom, which we've had on the podcast. It was also uh, Hunter's mom, Brenda, and then our friend Craig. And we, again, we had a phenomenal time. And I think us wearing costumes also kind of added to it as well. And the big question, which a lot of people have been asking um, Hunter, which is kind of funny, uh, because he posted a picture. Uh, 
with him wearing his armor, uh, like on on the on the point of Batu, and and I got this question when I dressed up as Anakin, uh, which is, you can wear costumes to Galaxy's Edge in Batu East in Florida. You can. Uh, the only rule is you can't if you're doing a helmet costume like they were, you can't wear it twenty four seven. You can take pictures with it on, walk around, and then take it off. Uh, if someone comes up to you. And is like, hey, can my kid take a picture with you? You have to politely say, unfortunately, I do not work for Disney. Um, I can't take a picture with you, but I can. But, I mean, but you can't take a picture of me. Uh, because if you do take a picture with people, then that will draw a crowd. And then people will think you work at Disney, even though you don't. And then um, that's going to be a whole thing. So if you ever plan on doing it, that's the rule. Um, you can't bring blasters or anything like that. Uh, but they were also staying on the Halcyon uh, as well. So um, when you're doing, they have no costume limits except the blaster thing on the Halcyon as well. And it's, their review will come later this week, but they had a phenomenal time. And having that experience of where you're wearing a Star Wars costume in Galaxy's Edge is amazing. And I didn't go, I didn't do Anakin this time. I just did like a, uh, a Batuan adventurer smuggler type costume. Uh, but honestly, it's, it, it was a grand old time. We all had a lot of fun and it's an experience that I will n never forget. And just going to galaxy's edge in general on star Wars day is amazing. And just going there in general is amazing. So if you've ever been on the fence of going, just go. Just fight everything in your power of not to go because of, you know, if it ends up being very costly, completely understand. But if you find a way, go, because it is a remarkable experience. And com compared to Celebration, it's probably one of the best Star Wars experiences that you could have possible because you are immersed into this timeline and into this planet into the universe of what star wars is and you can't get a better experience than flying than flying the millennium falcon and pulling in the hyperspace lover and i think everyone in the podcast has gone to galaxy's edge and i think all of our reviews are very similar which is it's phenomenal if you have the chance go so if you have the chance go it's a phenomenal, fantastic, unforgettable experience. And if you wear a costume, that also makes the experience better because then you're immersed. And they also have a bounty hunting thing on the side, which they added almost a year ago. And it requires of having the Magic Band Plus. That's also a lot of fun. Uh, so I also recommend that. And then also on May 4th, they did have a they did have a uh exclusive. They had a couple of exclusives, but the big exclusive that they had for this one uh on, on this day was the Cal Kestis lightsaber. Uh I was very lucky enough to get um to get two of them because one was for Josh and then the other um one my other friend wanted and crazy enough 
We got number three and four made out of 7,500 ever made. Uh, and that's kind of a big deal. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And I know Josh was very, very happy. And at that point, he has already beaten the game. He, as soon as he got the game, um, he, I think he told me he beat the whole game like in 28 hours, which is crazy wow. to me. <laughs> uh, but sleep. no, he did not. No, he, he's been, he's been waiting patiently for me to beat it. Uh, and that was very nice of him not to spoil anything. And I'm really glad that he waited, uh, because I just, I just beat the game yesterday. Um, and that was a lot of fun and I'll definitely dive into it later, but the lightsaber is very cool. Uh, it is one of the customizations that you can get in the game. Uh, again, it just, I love May 4th. I treat that day as Christmas. I That's one of my favorite holidays. So just being in the world of Star Wars on that day with a bunch of other Star Wars fans is, is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no, we just walked around. We did, no pun intended, but we did Star Wars stuff. So we just were, we, we were just walking around, you know, Doc Ondar's, Droid Depot. We had a couple of Ronto wraps. We ended up, uh, I I know they had a reservation for the cantina, but we went early during the trip, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Going on May 4th to the cantina is a very hard thing to do if you don't have a reservation. It is easier to get a walk-up reservation at Oga's and Batu East than it is Batu West, but if you're going on May 4th or a big holiday, it's impossible if you don't have a reservation or unless you get there first thing in the morning. Uh, but yeah. And then... Uh, and then Hunter and his mom, a couple of days before, they actually did the lightsaber experience, which that was super cool for them uh, because they have never experienced that. And yeah, yeah, I, I I, didn't go to the lightsaber meetup. I know Josh did, and he said it was a lot of fun. I'm seeing a lot of TikToks. It was kind of weird because people were acting like, you know, they'd never done that before. So I was like, they do it every year. But I'm seeing a lot of videos, and I'm happy for everyone. I I, I didn't stay because I've been to a couple. Uh, I know we went to the one with Ashley Eckstein a couple of months back for uh, Sogatano Day. So I just remember that that was fantastic. So I can't even imagine of what this year's Star Wars Day was like. And I think this being like the year of Star Wars, I know I say it every year. Uh, I think that kind of <laughs> I think that kind of added to the excitement for everyone being there. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a fantastic, uh, a fantastic experience. And, um, Cy and, and, uh, and, and, and Christian and just everyone, um, helped make that experience even better. And there are so many fantastic people in the Star Wars community. And I can't stress enough that Star Wars brings people together. I think that's a big life, um, lesson and moral that Star Wars has taught me. And, um, it's fantastic. It honestly is. Star Wars is amazing. And just going there in a Star Wars environment on Star Wars Day with people that you met in the Star Wars community um, is very emotional. I know I know at pretty much everyone in our group got very emotional because everyone comes from different backgrounds, but the love for Star Wars is the same. And you see it throughout, you know, just every word that you go in galaxy's edge and then with our group how of what we do in the stars community with costumes and everything 
Um, our passion shows through our work. Our passion shows through the podcast. The fact that we got to hang out as a group in person, which it, you know, not all of us are friends, you know, that like friends that are close, like, you know, that like a neighbors or anything. Most of all these people in this picture live across the world. So the fact that we all got to hang out in one place was, uh, again, a fantastic experience. So I think the moral of what I'm trying to say is go to Galaxy's Edge, try and get involved in the Star Wars community and have fun with it. Because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know where that path might lead you. Um, if we never went to Celebration, this podcast would never exist. And I know I mentioned that like every other podcast too. But it's true. It honestly is true. And David will tell you, if David never cut me in line, this podcast would probably <laughs> not exist. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to ask you some questions about your experience there. So were there other cosplayers out there walking around? What, 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 like yeah, percentage? yeah, yeah. Um, th there were definitely other uh, other people out there. We definitely saw a couple of more, um, a couple of other Mandalorians. Uh, for this trip, for that, uh, for the Galactic Star Cruiser, I know there was a lot of uh, a lot of people in in the costume community like of, of, of the Star Wars custom community that were on that ship. So I, which again, they'll do the review, but I'm pretty sure that that whole ship was full of Star Wars costume people. And the pictures I've seen and the pictures that will probably get released later, you'll understand why. Because for most of the voyages, you get a handful of people that are doing costumes. But it sounded like for this one, everyone that went on the ship had a costume. And th that just sounded like a cool experience. And from the pictures I've seen, it was like, that's fantastic. So, yeah. Awesome. So other than the Cal Kestis lightsaber that was there special on May 4th, was there anything else that they did that they normally don't do since it was May 4th? They did have some different May 4th merch. And then they had, uh, they had two Sith Wayfinders, like from Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Uh, but other than that, nothing major. There was also the rumor that that Boba Fett and Fennec Shan were supposed to walk out, but they didn't. And mm. I found that interesting. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they did have a couple of new shirts over at Tatooine Traders, over at Star Tours as well. Um, but we weren't the only ones that that went to a Disney park because James, uh, he also went uh, over to Batu West. Uh, yeah. And it looked like he had a fun time. I don't know if we got any Star Wars Day exclusives, right? Because... Uh we talked a little bit. We we released a smaller May Fourth podcast. He talked about he had. He, I think he got a uh, Mandalorian. Um, I wouldn't say it was a tumbler, but like a like a big cup with a lid on it. Um, yeah. And on the other side, he said he had, had Bo-Katan on the other side of it. Um, but yeah, I mean that's his backyard too. So he lives essentially throwing distance from from Disneyland and Batuu. So 
it's just natural for him to go there and you to go to Orlando in uh, in Batu East. Um, so was it like completely sold out or um, what was it, the population density like? Star Wars. All right. So for Star Wars Day, also known as Black Spire Day, um, uh, known in the pun about two, it was it was crowded than normal. And we actually went a couple of days before Star Wars Day. Uh, and we could actually walk around. It was really interesting to compare that day to to Star Wars Day because the crowds were pretty intense. I know in the morning, getting into Doc Ondars was crazy, and and there was a line all day, uh, and people were going specifically for that Cal Kestis lightsaber. Yeah, speaking of that, I saw pictures of people buying like 10 of those lightsabers and walking away. Right, right. So here's the thing. That must have happened in Batu West because they had a limit over at East. Wow. You can only buy two because of – I was curious myself. So I was like, how many could you buy? And uh, and they were like, well, the max is two, which I'm glad they did. I'm sad they didn't do that over at West. So that makes sense of why they ran out so quickly over there than we did. But they had the limit of only buying two per person. I um, saw a woman with a baby stroller, and she had like eight of them stacked. I, and it's like, well, I really don't care what people think of, of of what I'm about to say. I hate people that do that because there's people <laughs> that really, really want you know those lightsabers right. for joy, not to resell them on eBay for more than what they're worth. And I yeah. think. When we were in line to get the lightsaber people before us, we looked in eBay and people were already selling them on eBay for like 600 bucks. And I was like, that's ridiculous. So how much were they retail? 400 plus okay. tax. Yeah. Okay. Which again, it's a, it, the box is nice. The box is heavy by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you had to buy the blade separately? Is it just the hilt? Uh, so, yes, you do have to buy the hilt. Uh, and then Josh did test the theory of could you could you kind of mix the different um, the different uh, hilt stuff from other lightsabers. So he actually got the collector's edition as well. And then I think he has the Jedi Fallen Order one. So he's stacked up with um with lightsabers from the game but when he came back later when he had it he used the bottom of the hilt from the collector's edition for jedi survivor and he put it on um uh on the one that they were selling at galaxy's edge on may 4th and it looked great so that kind of answers your question the collector's edition is a the um that lightsaber is compatible with other Jedi survivor lightsabers from galaxy's edge, uh, nice. including the blades as well. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, so there's someone on Facebook yeah, I see saying, that. uh, they're just joining. Uh, what do you think, um, is star Wars day, the fourth of the 25th? I think, uh, that was the day the 25th. So, um, our last uh, what they're we... saying is true from a certain point of view, in my opinion, because if you think about it, May 25th, you know, is when A New Hope came out. You also had Solo, a Star Wars story come out, and you had Return of the Jedi also come out on that day as well. So 
you've got three big Star Wars movies, but then you got May 4th, which was, you know, just a play on May the 4th, but May the 4th. And I think people like May the 4th better because it's turned into this big phenomenon. Now, not your average Joe will celebrate May 4th, but for us Star Wars fans, uh, we definitely go, I feel like we go over the top and that's the best way to do it i i i treat may the fourth like christmas um i wake up excited because you never know what we're gonna get uh and and i just because of there was that one year and on may 4th in 2020 where we just got a bunch of announcements uh on 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 that day and i think it was because they knew that celebration was not going to happen. And I think that's why it dropped. Uh, but I just remember that was like the standard. It was like, oh my gosh, something's going to happen. And we've had a couple of different things. They don't drop on May 4th. And I know we were hoping to get some trailers maybe from Acolyte or Skeleton Crew this year. But we didn't. I think they're saving them for D23, which is totally fine. Or, or around just after Ahsoka. But yeah, this was... Uh, Again, this has been a big year for Star Wars. Uh, from from Celebration to this game, to the Mandalorian, to Visions, to Ahsoka coming out in August, and then you got Skeleton Crew. There's a, still a lot to happen this year. And it's not the end. There's so much to, There's so much on the horizon as well. But this was definitely a good, uh, a great May 4th. Yeah, I, I think the May 4th and May 25th people are all wrong. I think it's this now. The whole month of May is Star Wars month. So or we should all celebrate every single day in the month of May because there's so many yeah. different days in May that have Star Wars relevance. You have George Lucas's birthday, all the anniversaries of the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy. And then we might get Filoni's film in the future in May. And of course, you have May 4th, you have May 25th. People have had those kind of debates in the past. I think the original day was May 25th, but then the whole kind of pun thing kind of caught fire in the cultural zeitgeist and people just kept on saying May the 4th. And then it finally got recognized by Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm kind of created it and molded it into almost like a Black Friday type of thing for so Star Wars in a way. His um, So his film is rumored to come out in May 2026, <laughs> right? Well, 2026, but the whole debate that we have on the podcast is that's an Avatar year, so they're not going to drop a Star Wars film around Avatar. It would just kind right. of cannibalize themselves almost, you know? Okay. And they would take away money from the money-making machine that is Avatar, so. I am waiting for the day where they have a Star Wars movie come out and on May 4th. I think that would be a great, a great, like, a great way to um, to help like kind of spice up that day, uh, but yeah, and they did release Vision season two on May fourth. Yep, and they released Jedi Survivor around May fourth. So yeah, we've got May fourth of... happening on a Saturday next year. Wow, yeah, I wonder what they're gonna give us this time. But seeing years past. They haven't given us a whole lot, um, but I think Lucasfilm is kind of slowly ramping up to giving us more stuff. 
and someone brought up Revenge of the Fifth. There's Revenge of the Fifth, Revenge of the Sixth, and um, I mean, to me, May is Star Wars month. It's it's Star Wars. I I think that there's for people outside outside of our group that don't have Star Wars lives. There there's there's something of note of, of first star Wars for people outside of our, our like hardcore group. But um, yeah, to me it's, it's, it's the whole month and I talk about star Wars, think about star Wars every single day of my life, but uh, same. Yeah. So this Facebook user says uh, the classic, it's going to be may nice. So uh, Liam says, uh, if that movie drops in the twenty in twenty six, I only see one more reason of of Mando and Max two seasons of Ahsoka. Oh, okay, I think the Mandalorian might continue in perpetuity. It doesn't matter if Din Djarin is involved. Yep. I think Grogu is probably always going to be involved, but that's just uh, something that Favreau talked about in the media. He said that in an interview, and it might surpass even Favreau's involvement. But moving on to the news of the day that we want to talk about. So there's a story that popped up about Kathleen Kennedy. And uh, this is off of Bespin Bulletin here. And the headline was kind of shocking to me. I was kind of like, what? Well, what did she say? Yeah, of the whole so, James Bond thing is very interesting. Yeah, so the, this is from Best of Bulletin. It says, Kathleen Kennedy is looking to eventize Star Wars, looking at the James Bond franchise as inspiration. Which, that headline just kind of shouts, like, Star Wars is already an event. You really don't have to eventize it, because it's going to eventize itself. Um, I think dropping a movie every other year is fine. I would love to get a movie per year. And... The, I, I've always said this on the podcast, they planted their flag in December. They should have kept every December Christmas time, Star Wars time, and it, we could have had another Star Wars month in December and something to look forward to at the end of every year. But um, they dropped Solo in May. They changed that up. Bob Iger says that he made that mistake. So the sequel trilogy happened. We got that. Uh, and they got kind of spooked, I think, after the solo box office. And I think that Lucasfilm kind of convinced themselves that we are not Marvel. We are not DC. We can't just release movies one per quarter. So they decided to pump the brakes on it. Um, and now we're going to go about six years without a Star Wars film. So yep, it's going to be interesting to see how much an event this next film is going to be. And at Star Wars Celebration in London, they essentially announced that it's going to be a new Jedi Order film with a director that no one knows, with Daisy Ridley that might not even star in it. So we don't know exactly what's going to go on. There was an article that dropped um, that kind of talks a little bit about what we can possibly look forward to seeing um, and I'll probably touch on that in a bit, uh, but it's a it's a very peculiar comment to me the way that 
she kind of said that. But I'll read the article. Maybe it'll shed a little bit more light on what she meant. Um, it says, uh, Lucasfilm haven't released Star Wars movies since 2019 Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which didn't please critics and received a mixed response from fans. Skywalker capped Disney's initial Star Wars theatrical run, which saw Lucasfilm and Disney release a Star Wars movie every year from 2015 until 2019. During that period, it was announced that Ryan Johnson, director of the Star Wars Last Jedi, had been given a trilogy. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige would produce a standalone movie, and the Game of Thrones showrunners Benioff and Weiss were set to write a series of movies. Less than a year after the release of The Rise of Skywalker, Benioff and Weiss departed the project after working on it for over a year to sign a lucrative deal with Netflix. The Ryan Johnson trilogy supposedly hasn't happened due to Johnson's hectic schedule, and Feige's film is seemingly no longer happening. Lucasfilm uh, continued to develop various film projects following the, the departure of Benioff and Weiss, who were set to oversee the next Star uh, next series of Star Wars movies as we enter the 2020s. In May of 2020, Lucasfilm announced they had signed Thor 11 Thunder director Taika Waititi for an untitled Star Wars flick, and in December of the same year, Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, was announced to be directing Star Wars Rogue Squadron, a film inspired by her father, with Lucasfilm setting a release date of December 2023. However, less than a year later, Jenkins, after Jenkins' announcement, her film was indefinitely delayed as she began work on a third Wonder Woman movie, which was later canceled. The White TD project was rumored to release on December 19, 2025, a release date Lucasfilm had been holding on for a while. But Kennedy claimed the project would release in late 2023, the release window of Rogue Squadron, but YTD denied the claim, and a release date for his flick has yet to be dated. With writers and directors departing, Lucasfilm found a new hope. See what I did there in Lost Scribe Damon Lindelof, who began working on a project with the studio set years after the events of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. In the months that followed, Lindelof and Lucasfilm constructed a writer's room for the film and found the director of the project in Charmaine Obey Chinoy from Miss Marvel. It was believed that the film would take the December 2025 release date as momentum swelled behind the project. However, Lindelof departed the project in February of this year as he was asked to leave by the studio. With Lucasfilm hiring Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight to write the film. The flick was formally announced at Star Wars Celebration last month and is set 15 years after the events of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and will follow Daisy Ridley's Rey Skywalker as she forms a new Jedi Order. Lucasfilm also announced two additional flicks, a Mandoverse crossover film directed by Dave Filoni and a film that would focus on the first Jedi from Logan director James Mangold. Despite Lucasfilm clearly eager to get a film off the ground since the release of Rise of Skywalker, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy tells Empire Magazine that she's been looking at the iconic James Bond film franchise as inspiration to eventize Star Wars film releases, opting to release a Star Wars film every three to four years, a departure from the one year they'd been doing from 2015 until 2019, Kennedy said. Kennedy states, I've often brought up Bond. That's every three or four years, and there wasn't this pressure to feel like you had to have a movie every year. I feel that was very important to Star Wars. We have to eventize this. It's much better to tell the truth that we're going to make these movies when they're ready to be made and release them when they're ready to be released. Many fans have been calling for Star Wars movies to return to releasing every three years, a pattern set out by the Star Wars godfather George Lucas, who released a new entry into each trilogy every three years. Those fans want every Star Wars movie to feel like an event. 
and that having to wait a few years makes each release feel special. On the flip side, there's fans that want a movie every single year, despite Lucasfilm releasing multiple television series every year. Uh, despite Kennedy's comments of looking to bond to eventize and releasing a movie every three to four years, it's been reported that Lucasfilm are hoping to release a Star Wars film in December 2025, believed to be the Daisy Ridley-led New Order flick. And in December 2026, which will reportedly be the film being directed by Dave Filoni, which we're kind of debating on. I mean, December, I mean, an Avatar film drops in too. So I don't know which will act as a crossover film for various series he has produced, including The Mandalorian and Ahsoka. The latest issue of Empire released on May 11th. So there you go. Those are Kathleen Kennedy's thoughts. Um, there's a lot in the chat here. So this Facebook user says, will Star Wars become like Marvel, quantity over quality? Um, I think that Lucasfilm could learn a lesson from Marvel. Um, you don't have to take it as fast as what Marvel's taking it, I think. I think they put the pedal to the metal. They're releasing a film or two every quarter, it felt like. Um but see, there, there's so much in the Star Wars lore that they can start in development, start going. You got Revan, you got Bane, the Old Republic, Knights of the Republic, uh, the High Republic. Um, there's going to be a big gulf of time between the very first Jedi and the High Republic, which is essentially the Old Republic. There's thousands of years in there. Um, and then there's the future after the Rise of Skywalker. Um, you can you can take some of these novels that are just awesome and make those into live action films. Um, with this writer strike that's happening, it's um everything's gonna halt for a little while. I think everything that they promise us as far as Star Wars goes for the near future isn't going to be affected by the writer strike. But um, I think it's safe to say that we're gonna get essentially. What, what what has been what has been promised? Um, so yeah, Kathleen Kennedy wants to take Star Wars into the realm of release a single film every three to four years, which I see her point, but I don't think we have to. We should have to wait that long. Um, Eventizing Star Wars, that's kind of, to me, that feels like episodic films. The, the episodic films can be the event films, but you can still, in my opinion, release the standalone films like the Feige film that was told to us that we were going to get. Um, yeah. And I think the fans will understand, okay, this is not an episodic film. This is kind of a one-off film, like a Rogue Squadron. That's not going to be an episodic thing that ties into the Skywalkers or or Ray or the continuing story with with the episodes. So I think there's a way to do it. Um, to me, it feels like Kathleen Kennedy isn't going anywhere. <laughs> a lot of people in Hollywood are like, it's 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 the worst kept secret that Kathleen Kennedy is leaving after this summer, after Indiana Jones. But it feels like she's staying there forever <laughs> until until she can't work anymore. Um, it feels like 
I think that's also kind of interesting as well. Because I know there were the rumors that were just like, oh, yeah, she's she's going to be leaving after Indiana Jones. She will be um, leaving after season three of The Mandalorian. And it's just like, I'm curious in how that works. Like how, I mean, of the political way, I guess, kind of to kind of look at it. Like, does does someone just keep being in that position and until like, all right your time is up or is it like, is, is, is there a vote? Is there like, how does that work? Cause I don't think that's something that's really talked about either. Like, because Kathleen Kennedy has been in charge since 2012. Uh, and it's been a long time. So I'm curious on how much longer that she plans on being there. Yeah. Um, she is she is an older person. She's from the old school. She worked mm-hmm. with Steven Spielberg and produced pretty much everything that he did. Um, but yeah, I think I think we need new blood. I, I think the person that should be the president and CEO of Lucasfilm needs to be a fan of the stuff that they're actually the president of. They need to know certain story points. Um, Absolutely. She, I, she's been often asked about certain characters in interviews, and she has no idea what they're talking about. Um, as long as she knows who Max Rebo is, that's all I care about. She probably doesn't, Colin. Well, <laughs> clearly someone knows about Max Rebo because he keeps popping up in different things. And the fact that there is a kid, a, a kid version of Max Rebo, it's not Max Rebo. It's a species, which is a Orthlin. But I'm just like, someone knows about the love that I have for Max Rebo. He wouldn't keep popping up everywhere. So, yeah, somehow that Max Rebo returns. Yeah, he's yeah. at the top of our video there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's, I mean, I point to this all the time with DC. They got someone an executive and they got a creative at the very top and James Gunn. And we all saw what James Gunn just did with guardians of the galaxy volume three. Um, he tied up that trilogy perfectly. I'm not saying get James Gunn or anything, but, and I think James Gunn has been asked if he wanted to do a star Wars film. And he said, absolutely not. But he said he wants to make films like star Wars that are beloved and had that type of, experience for fans and i think he achieved that with guardians of the galaxy he created his own space opera he made his own mark and now he's off to dc to try and tackle that that behemoth and and superman and batman and that whole thing but i wonder if feige's ever or not feige if uh favreau's ever been asked um about his his want um or if, if he has the desire to be in that role, because he's creative. I think he could be an executive. It's just the question is, is Favreau maybe waiting around, <laughs> waiting in the wings here? Um, because he's a big time director. He can do anything he wants in Hollywood. And he's chosen to stick around with Star Wars. Yeah. And I know everyone's heard about all the rumors out there that him and Kathleen Kennedy and a little bit of a of a spat or a falling out or whatever and the relationship is a little bit more icy than it used to be um i really don't know about that i'm unsure about that um this facebook user uh says i think fans are tired of all the director junk which trilogy which movie who is directing what just gives a plan and stick to it 
I, th- I think they're they've kind of come up with a quasi plan at this point uh, to do those three films. And certainly Filoni's side of the house with the TV shows, that is being planned out. And the Rebel storyline is continuing with, with Ahsoka. And then with this crossover event, they notified us of that in, what, 2019? In that uh, Investor Day call? So there's a plan there. And people will bring up, well, why doesn't Filoni try and become the president? He's a high-level executive now, but... Yeah, Filoni is more of a creative. He's not a number yep. cruncher. He's not a producer. He's on the creative side. So, if Kathleen Kennedy were to step down or retire, whatever, and Filoni would have to have someone next to him that has experience, someone that would basically sign the checks, and that's it. That's all you got to do. That's all you really got to do in my opinion. And I think the fans would love that person. Um, I kind of do sense a little bit of with Kathleen Kennedy and, and everything. I mean, you guys know me. I'm always reading all the Star Wars stuff. Um, I'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on. Um, trying to read the tea leaves, so to speak. And it feels to me after all these years, Colin said it, she took over in 2012. It feels like after all these firings of all these directors asking Damon Lindelof to leave the project for the new Jedi Order film, it almost feels like Kathleen Kennedy maybe has a little bit too much control in everything. And she kind of oversees the franchise a little bit too much. And she she's just kind of a hard stop for a lot of creatives that she's employed and had the great idea of hiring Benny Offenweiss and having Colin Trevorrow write that, that script that he wrote that we've all kind of read and perused over. And it sounded like a great idea in comparison to the rise of Skywalker. So it's, it's interesting to see her, her comments and it leads me to believe that she ain't going anywhere now. (laughs) Maybe she's changed her mind in leaving, stepping down. So, um, yeah, that's that's just one of those things that it's it's kind of a tough pill to swallow because there's just so much story out there. I mean, you can name like ten projects off the top of your head. I mean, there's there's so many things they can do, and going live action with the books, the novels, the video games. I mean, there's Star Killer out there. You, it's DC's doing an Elseworld. Um, line of films which is what like the walking phoenix joker yeah is. and we could have a star killer film i mean uh, they could oh. do side stuff i mean and just have i mean at least a movie a year i mean there's so much stuff so there's so much stuff right and i completely i i completely understand where you're coming from but i think for the common fan i think that would get a little bit confusing and the reason why is because of you've already got the thing that dave filoni introduced and we're probably going to see it in in ahsoka which i think some of it we've already seen in the trailer for ahsoka which is the world between worlds right that area is going to be a mixture of time travel different timelines 
they could open that possibility up if they wanted to. And I could definitely see them setting it up. Now, will that do well? Probably. Is it going to be confusing as hell? Absolutely. Because you, if they ever did uh, a Star Killer movie, people would be like, okay, so is a Star Killer canon? It's like, well, technically, yes, but from... I'm gonna say is no. This is an this is an else world. Well, yeah, but I don't know if I like the the whole multiverse thing in Star Wars. I think what's great. No, about Star it's Wars not is multiverse. That... It's not multiverse. I... It's I, different, I I mean it's a different type of movie. It's it's not an episodic film. Right. It's a Star Wars movie, but it's not canon. Just tell people it's not canon. Audiences are smart enough to know what is the main storyline and what right. is not. Well, and they can do a whole marketing thing where this is not canon, this is based off the video game. Yeah, I just don't I think the great thing about of what they're doing with stars right now is that they are there are some people that are all about the canon, right? So they are about that timeline. For example, you've got the High Republic. It's taken hundreds of years before the events of the of the prequels, original trilogy, and sequels, and the Clone Wars, and all that. But it's still part of the Star Wars universe. It's just happening ahead of the timeline, and it will lead directly into it. You've got Jedi Survivor, which is its own thing, but it's also part of the main timeline. If you had a Force Unleashed... But they movie, treat it like an Elseworld story, because there's no Count Kestis mentioning. Right, show up right. Anywhere. But it has characters from the movies and from the different shows in it. And that's, to me, to me, that's how it's just like, okay, it's it's still Star Wars. But it also like is its own thing, and right? Which is the complete opposite of what they should be doing, I think, because they should introduce Cal Kestis, which they hired a live action actor, in something in the mainline canon, which essentially would drive video game sales. Because I think, I think there's some of the wait. fear. There's some fear in that. Okay, well, you invest your time in Jedi Survivor, and then nothing becomes of it in the mainline canon. Okay, so. This is where I think they're leading into the future. And I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but the game definitely leaves it out for the third game. And the people behind the game, the people in charge of the game, have said that they look at Cal's story as a trilogy, right? So after you get done with the final game, those events could definitely lead into possibly the Mandalorian timeline. It could lead into the timeline that is happening with the Mandalorian. And we could see live action. Cal Kestis there. There is that possibility of having Cal Kestis live action. And I, and, and, and I see him calling it right now. I got a feeling that he's probably going to show up in the Dave Filoni movie. That is the best place to have him. And then having like the third game kind of line up with that and then have him like kind of show up in there. That would be the reward for everyone playing the game. And and, and and it would just feel like all of us Clone Wars fans, you know, being huge fans of Ahsoka. And then all of a sudden, years later, we never even thought that it would ever happen in a million years. But here we are. We have live action Ahsoka. Just she's there. And it's just like, that's crazy to think about.
Is it everything that we imagined it would be? Probably not because of it's 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 a different actress and everything, and that's a it's a whole and you know people have their own opinions about it. But honestly, seeing those type of characters come from from a show of animation to live action is a big deal. And what better way to have Cal Kestis come into live action than getting done with the final game and then leading into, you know, hey, here is, you know, Cal Kestis. This is what he's been doing the entire time. This is his journey. And I don't think they're not kind of closed off it. Like of uh, I I I don't think they're not closed off with the idea of it. I think they really are in the idea. I think they just want to make sense of where they could bring him in, and they've definitely hinted at him in different. I mean, and and in just the games in general, in different shows. For example, you've got the first season of the Bad Batch. You they end up going to the planet that Cal Kestis is, uh, w- 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 like in Jedi Fallen Order, that mining planet of of braca that planet in bad batch was first seen in jedi fallen order and that whole planet was like the first level of jedi fallen order you got book of boba fett you see a bd unit uh and you know that's kind of like a you know a a call out to the jedi games so it is a big deal uh bringing cal Kestis to live action and i think they're going to do it in the day filoni uh movie it would just make sense because cal is such a great jedi and and he is a powerful force wielder that is very clear in these games so i think that would be like their version of the hulk in my opinion he is a very strong character with the force and i could definitely see that being brought in in into the team of the mandalorian when they do fight the big bad which most likely is thrawn so Again, that's the best way to bring him in, in my opinion, is in the Dave Filoni movie. That makes the most sense to me. To me, from what everything we've seen from Dave Filoni, he's only kind of realized the stuff that he's worked with predominantly. Now, you brought up the BD droid. That was a shocker to me. That was like, wow, they're actually kind of branching out a little bit. So that was... That was surprising. But is there any other example where Filoni kind of like went out of his wheelhouse to get someone else that's not original trilogy, prequel trilogy, or the animation that he exclusively worked on other than the BD droid? And what what was your other example? Uh, it was the planet. Oh, the planet. Yeah. Yeah. From, from Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, hey, listen. They have carried a lot of stuff from Legends. They have carried a lot of stuff. From the animation to live action, I, 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 I got a feeling that Hondo's next. And that's something a lot of people on the podcast are campaigning for is to have Hondo live action. But a other good example is you have the ca, the Karelian, um type freighter um, ship, also um, known in Legends as the Outrider. That ship was seen in Star Wars Rebels. And I remember when it was posted on Facebook, because I didn't have an Instagram at the time, and I commented on them bringing it in, saying like, hey, you know, this is great. I, I, uh, I really would love to see Dash Rendar in canon. And, star- and the official Star Wars page responded by saying, 
never say never. So you never know who will pop up. I I mean I'm I'm still I'm still waiting for Dash Rendar, but I really would love to see more characters like that. And Cal Kestis has become a fan has become a fan favorite. Cameron Monningham is that character. He he is fantastic. He loves ponchos. It's very clear. Uh, <laughs> but I got a feeling that we are going to see him live action. I don't think it's not going to happen. I I, I I think it will absolutely happen. And it's going to blow people's minds. But they, but they have to do it in the right way. And I think in the third game, they will explain, you know, kind of where he has been and how cool mm. – would it be after you play the game, right? And then they have an after credit scene. And that game, like, scene has Mando coming up or someone from the Mandalorian being like, hey, there's a big threat happening. Or maybe it ends up being Ahsoka. And and, and, and she ends up walking up and she's like, hey, listen, I've sent you for a long time. I've kept my distance because I know how much you went through and your pain and everything. But now is the time that we need you. Please come and fight the good fight. We need you, Cal. Like something in the lines of that. And that would just, oh, my God. And then that would lead into the movie. Could you imagine like Cal, Luke Skywalker, and Ahsoka fighting side by side, just mowing down like of what's left of the Empire and the rise of the First Order? That would blow people's minds. And I know that... He's not just this actor who who does this game. He has done other different shows, and he is a good actor. And, and he's a big Star Wars fan too. And he's a big Star Wars fan. All of those ads with like Mark Hamill was hilarious. But uh, and to him, I bet that was a dream come true of of actually getting to make Star Wars jokes with with Mark Hamill and Mark Hamill yeah. kind of acting like he he was his Jedi master. So I again, I think that's the best way to have Cal come in is in the Dave Filoni movie. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, that's, that would be the dream. What you I'm just... calling it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling yeah. it right now. Cause I would love to have that happen and then play this clip that I just talked about and then put it on there and be like, I was Mark the tape. Like, yeah. I was like, I never lost hope. This was my vision and it came true. Because I also did that with Max Rebo, and that was really, really funny. Because of, do you remember, like the couple of months yes, that were kind of leading up into <laughs> it? And then that first episode came out of the Book of Boba Fett, and I just paused it, and then all, and like I just kind of gasped and was like, you know, freaking out. And then all day I got messages of being like, "You put that into existence, and it happened," and it was like. It's a dream come true. And Cal Cassis would also be a dream come true. He's such a great character. And the and Cameron is such a big Star Wars fan. And you see that passion in his work and just his the way that he portrays the character in the game. So I'm I'm telling you right now, I got a feeling it's gonna happen in, in the Dave Filoni movie. And I know I might be getting people's hopes up, but hey, rebellions are built on hope. So you have to start from somewhere. Yeah, I um, I wish they would move a lot faster. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting any younger here. But the point that you do make that, yes, EA 
respawn wants to see this this um cam monahan jedi jedi fallen order jedi survivor as a trilogy and have that through line of a story happen and then we can maybe jump him into live action but it feels like it's taken forever man and it the video game is a big seller there's so many fans of of this video game franchise they've Star Wars Lucasfilm has done it again with another beloved character in Cal Kestis. It's just, I'm kind of wanting for him to just, I mean, it would be nice if there was a little bit more transparency and they simply just gave us, threw us a bone and said, yeah, Cal Kestis is in talks to be in something live action. That would kind of calm my nerves, but it feels like, from everything that I've seen that it's not something that they're looking forward to. And for me, for Filoni to put him in would be kind of a huge jump because I don't think Filoni's a gamer. I don't think he puts in huge story points for other things that have happened in the Star Wars galaxy into his stuff. I think all the stuff that he's given us in live action has been pretty much close to the chest. It's stuff that he's already worked on in animation. Um, but you did point out BD one in that planet, but it's not a big story point. It's not a big character. So it's one of those things where either someone else aside from Filoni Favreau had that suggestion and put that in. I don't know, but yeah, I'm hoping Cameron Monaghan does show up with Cal Kestis. So, yeah. Yeah. So moving on to another, uh, kind of bummer of a story. <laughs> oh, so, Actually, I want to answer this question. Um, so uh, on Facebook, it's being asked if they do an old Republic, would they stick to Legends, or uh, do, or do their own Disney take on it? Um, it's always going to be different when it's in live action. Um, Disney take on it, I don't. It depends on what you mean by that, but. It would be different. Um, I think as time goes on, Star Wars stories, Star Wars films are going to get a little bit more gritty. Um, and I think the the Old Republic was a darker time. Uh, there was a little bit more grit to it, I feel. So hopefully when this does actually happen, which was on the timeline at Celebration... Um, they can appease all those fans because there's a ton of old Republic fans out there yeah. and the game that, that the, um, the MMO that Bioware made. And of course the Knights of the old Republic, I mean, that whole aesthetic, it worked, it was proven in the video games and those are some beloved games. So, but yeah, moving on to the next story I wanted to talk about is these guys. I love these guys. I, I watch infinity war. I watch Endgame. game maybe once a quarter, you know, I was watching infinity infinity game the other day. Um, so there's a story that came out on best of bulletin that, uh, the headline is the Russo brothers had talks to direct Kevin Feige star Wars movie. So this is the article. I'm, I'm going to read it right now. Um, in 2019, it was reported by various trades that Marvel studios president and the mastermind behind the MCU, Kevin Feige would be teaming up with Lucasfilm to develop an untitled star Wars movie for the studio, which, he'd be producing shortly after it was confirmed by Disney's chief creative officer, 
Alan Horn that Feige was indeed working on a Star Wars project for Lucasfilm. Since then, we had little information on the film as it stands. Currently, the project does not appear to be happening. Last year, we got word from the writer of Loki and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron, that he was in the process of writing the Feige flick shortly after Waldron signed up to write Marvel Studios' most ambitious project to date, Avengers Secret Wars, which is scheduled to release in May of 2026. And due to this commitment, he was no longer able to commit to the Feige Star Wars project. Feige himself reportedly became so busy that he was too unable to commit to a Star Wars project as Marvel Studios began releasing more projects than ever, which included at least three movies a year and three to four live-action Disney Plus series a year. Marvel Studios uh, has also been somewhat uh, had a turbulent year with multiple films underperforming commercially and critically with growing division and disappointment in the fan base, which has seemingly forced Marvel Studios to change their strategy. Marvel Studios are set to spend more time in post-production on their projects, have been hiring more experienced writers to rewrite their films such as Fantastic Four, Thunderbolts and Blade and intend to slow down on the number of series and movies released a year. We knew that the project would be the brainchild of Kevin Feige and that Michael Waldron would write that vision. But one thing we never had an update on during the various years that Feige project was in development was just who would direct the project. Many fans speculated and assumed that whoever it was, they'd like uh, they like have ties to the uh, they likely have ties to the MCU and worked with Feige previously, uh, with some fans speculating that it could be Peyton Reed, who directed The Mandalorian Season 2 finale, or the Russo brothers, who directed both Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, and we now seem to have an answer. During the last episode of Spartless, a podcast hosted by actors and comedians Jason Bateman, uh, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, better known as the Russo brothers, revealed that they had early talks with Marvel Studios, Head on show Kevin Feige about possibly directing a Star Wars flick with Joe Russo saying, we love Star Wars. Uh, there were early conversations. There were some early conversations with us. Kevin Feige is a huge Star Wars fan. And there were some early conversations about maybe teaming up with Kevin to do Star Wars. I'm sure uh, if this was 2019, many Star Wars fans would have been elated by this possibility with Joe and Anthony coming off the back of two fantastic films in Infinity War and Endgame. Two films which went on to become uh, some of the biggest uh, grossing movies of all time, as well as other Marvel hits such as Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War. However, since Endgame is stepping out from the Marvel Studios shadow, the results of the Russo Brothers projects have been fairly disappointing. The Russos uh, released the Tom Holland-led Cherry, uh, with, uh, which received a negative response from critics. Uh, Russo's followed up Cherries last year with the star set of The Gray Man, which starred Ryan Gosling, uh, Anna Darmus, Chris Evans for Netflix, which also received negative reviews. Most recently, the duo released a seven-episode series, Citadel, for Amazon Prime Video, which boasted a budget of over $200 million, with some reports claiming up to $300, uh, which was uh, received a middling response from critics and audiences alike. Uh, the reveal from the Russo Brothers follows comments made by Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy from Star Wars Celebration, where she claimed that Kevin Feige, um, which claimed that Kevin Feige wasn't officially announced and that it was a story in the press and fandom, despite Alan Horn confirming the project was being developed. Kennedy added that there was nothing to the Feige project, uh, which was totally bizarre, and that the duo never discussed an idea. Even though we knew that Kevin Feige had hired Michael Waldron to pen the project, which he confirmed he was doing last year, and the Russo brothers confirmed they had discussions about the directing uh, 
directing the feature. Uh, the Russo Brothers' next project is a film entitled The Electric State, which features a star-studded cast including Millie Bobby Brown, Chris Pratt, uh, Kiwi Kwan, Giancarlo Esposito, Brian Cox, uh, Anthony Mackie, Jenny Slate, Jason Alexander, and Billy Bob Thornton. Marvel Studios' next theatrical release is the highly anticipated Guardians of the Galaxy, which just happened, uh, which hit cinemas. And the next Star Wars theatrical release is believed to be the Daisy Ridley-led uh, New Jedi Order movie, which there's debate about if she's leading, um, directed by Charmaine Obey Janoy, uh, which could release on December 19th, 2025. Though there's new reports claiming the long and development Star Wars flick from Taika Waititi is set to shoot next year. So, there you go. Well, there you what do you go. think about the Russo brothers not working on a Star Wars film? I think that that film would have been amazing. And I think we all know it would have been. Now, the question is what era would have taken it? Like, of what era would that movie take place? And again, Kind of going back off to what a couple of people were saying in this chat, which was the old Republic to me would be a great way to go. And I think the Russo brothers would have killed it. Now, would now here's the question though are they fans of the old Republic? I don't know. But again, I think people working on Star Wars these days are fans themselves. So they would probably do something during the era that they fell in love with the most. I don't know like of what era they're, you know, that the favorite is. It, to me it's probably the the original trilogy, that's my guess. Uh but I think seeing them tackle the old republic would be very very cool. Uh but again, who knows? And who knows if Kathleen Kennedy's telling the truth because a lot of people lie about certain things just so it can be a surprise. Because there's a lot of things in these past couple of years that we've been lied about, but for good reason. Because then all of a sudden it's a great surprise. All those years that we had you and just being like, yeah, I'm not going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's no way I'm coming back. And then sure enough, he comes back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's just like you never know. And then also there's Andrew Garfield. You've got Toby McGuire. They're like, I've got no involvement. And sure enough, they have huge involvement in the new Spider-Man movie. So again... There's a lot of moving parts to all that. And maybe Kathleen Kennedy wants to keep that close to the chest. And that's why she's telling the public that. Just like Dave Filoni is doing his best to keep everything about the Ahsoka show close to the chest. And I don't blame him because having a passion project like that and then it getting spoiled is terrible. And... You know, Rosario Dawson and a couple of those other leaks that have happened from Mando and everything was like, oh, okay. But not having any idea about something and then going into it and then being completely blown away, I think that's what they're trying to go um, and do and, and do that moving forward. And having them direct a movie or even like a trilogy, we all know their work from Avengers and, and Marvel. So imagine putting that concept into Star Wars. And I could see Dave Filoni maybe reaching out to them and be like, hey, you know, we're having kind of like a big team crossover event in, in Star Wars. 
do you have any tips? I could definitely see them collabing in that way as well. But yeah, yeah, I think the possibilities are endless. Yeah, I think where my mind is at is why don't you take advantage and do everything that is in that specific corner of the Star Wars galaxy with the existing actors you have now, like Ewan McGregor, and they've done the Obi-Wan movie, but I think there's more to do with him. Um, Hayden Christensen. And of course, we just had that long conversation about Cal Kestis, Cameron Monaghan. Um, there's pockets of time where we can fill pretty easily at this point. And we're not going to get any closer in time to the original trilogy and the prequels as we are now. To me, it it seems strategically like not the greatest way to go about adding Star Wars content and jumping kind of all around and adding stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just kind of my feeling on the whole strategy that they have. And, and the fact that, yeah, you bring up that Kathleen Kennedy might just essentially be lying to us and that Kevin Feige is possibly still involved. That's that's a possibility, but I don't know. Um, Kevin Feige right now has his work cut out from Marvel and that fan base is, is almost turning into the Star Wars fan base in a way. How they're kind of like cannibalizing themselves in a way. Um, and they have a lot of unforeseen issues that have popped up and um the director of their latest film has been um praised and that film that just released guardians of the galaxy volume 3 has been universally accepted and loved but that's the end of that james gunn's leaving to dc um and marvel has had as it has had its issues and seems like it's going to continue to struggle until they figure out how to go about releasing those films again. And so I don't think Feige is, is even thinking about star Wars right now. And we all know that Feige is a huge star Wars fan. And we talked about him helping up, helping out the uh, Katana Haslab project, buying out the rest of those toys so that they could be made for the fans. Um, I wonder if anyone's ever bought a Feige Katana <laughs> cell barge or if, yeah. he, or if they're just sitting in like a storage locker somewhere or in his house or whatever. But yeah, that was a, always an interesting story that uh, the Russos told about visiting Kevin Feige in his house. He had like 200 boxes That's of crazy. the Jabba cell barge in his place. But um, yeah, I would love for the Russos to do something in Star Wars. Um, it's, that would be a huge deal, I think. Um, but the whole instability with hiring these big name directors now—it's, it's there, there. There is no stability. I mean, it's you just never know what's going to happen. And now we have a director in uh, Obey Chinoy, Charmin Obey Chinoy, who. We've only gotten some episodes of Miss Marvel, and that's it. Um, and Damon Lindelof said he was asked to leave the project, and he wanted to do something totally different from what Lucasfilm wants to do now. And 
we don't have all the facts. I mean, is, is Daisy really going to star? Is she not going to star? Is she going to be the Obi-Wan character for this new group of actors that will star? We don't know yet, but it's it feels like another loss for Star Wars that a, a Russo-directed Feige Star Wars film. That just sounds like a winner to me. So, um, but never say never. It might happen in the future. I know Dem- Damon Lindelof has said he's he's totally good to come back and work for Star Wars. Um, so that's kind of the state of things right now. We're going to get three films for sure at this point because <laughs> you never know. They might disappear. <laughs> I don't think Filoni's film will disappear, but the other two possibly might or might get pushed back, maybe due to a writer strike, a possible actor strike. I don't know. So, that's the state of things. That's that's most current news. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up a couple other things. Um, it looks like. Let me find them here. So, adding to our uh, May 4th week that we had, I actually had the opportunity to go visit um, a Star Wars collector's house uh, in Texas. And he's actually opening up opening up a uh, pizzeria, uh, which is 80s themed. So, the more heavily decorated side of that pizzeria is going to be Star Wars. And I was able to go to his place and, and see a lot of his collection. And uh, he's going to have some life-size collectibles in the pizzeria that you can that it's basically going to add to the the vibe of the place and it's it's going to be 80s themed and uh, i actually have a picture here of uh, me with the vader that will be in the pizzeria it's life-size two scale um and you can see in between us right there there's a a tuscan in the back i believe that's going to go in the pizzeria too Um, but yeah he's going to have a lot of Star Wars stuff infused in that place. And um, apparently it's going to open sometime this year. Uh, The date is not uh, locked in, but uh, hopefully we will have uh, Michael Hawes on the podcast to talk a little bit about his collecting. And it'll probably be a full blown podcast because this guy's really into um, models and the history of the original trilogy of Star Wars in general, and um, he basically has an entire floor of a house just dedicated to Star Wars. And with that other, with uh, alongside that floor, he has his own other kind of collection that he has, and it's it's incredible, man. Uh, he's been featured on the news, on the local news, and what's ironic is some of these news stories dropped uh, recently, and I was asked if i knew about this and i was like i was just at this guy's house yesterday so it's kind of ironic and i sent you guys some pictures and yeah he has an incredible collection lots of stories um and there was one story that i brought up when he was showing us his stuff um he had one of the original kenner luke skywalkers with blonde hair uh with the uh telescoping lightsaber in his wrist and um i told him one of my first memories was actually playing with that action figure 
in in a church that my grandfather built and um there was no head on the figure i but i would still play with it but i hated the fact that my luke skywalker had no head and he told me a story of like yeah that's exactly what happened to my figure the head popped off and i could never put it back on so we kind of bonded over that i'd like to think but uh yeah, he's got uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting stuff and uh, stories that hopefully we'll have on the podcast soon. So, yeah. And um, also, we talked about this before May 4th. Uh, Carrie Fisher got her star officially. Uh, you can watch that video. Um, Billy Lord gave an awesome speech. Mark Hamill gave a great speech. And um, a lot of people say long time coming, but. The whole Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame is th- there's certain requirements and certain kind of I, I'm I'm pretty sure Carrie Fisher was asked a long time ago. She probably just maybe declined and maybe gave the notification to her state that, yeah, I can have the star after I'm gone or um, maybe just Billy Lord made that decision. But, yeah, that's uh, that happened. That star is actually close to Mark Hamill. So. If you go down to uh, Hollywood Boulevard, you can uh, check that star out. And um, I think that's pretty much all I had. And like what Colin said, actually, there's one more thing. Um, we did an interview with an artist from Scotland named Chris Owen, and we released that podcast yesterday. And uh, you can check it out there. He has a lot of cool art. Um, you can actually buy it online. Uh, he's been to a few comic cons, uh, locally for him and, um, just a cool guy. He's a, he's a fan of a lot of stuff that I think our listeners are fans of Jurassic park. Um, um, he, he mentioned doing stuff for alien. He wanted to do predator stuff. Uh, so all the stuff we love in pop culture, he does pencil drawings and, um, some really uh, great looking stuff. And Lucasfilm has commissioned him to work on uh, tops. So uh, he has been employed by Lucasfilm. So yeah, we had him on. You can check out that podcast. And um, I think that's all I got. Colin, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, yeah, man. Uh, get ready for Ahsoka. Cause it's just around the corner and to kind of fill in that gap. I would play Jedi Survivor. I would watch uh, some visions. And then if you really want to dive deeper into the character of Ahsoka, go watch Clone Wars. Go watch Star Wars Rebels. Um, That show will be coming out in August. We don't have an exact release date, but we know it's coming out in August. And there's a lot to look forward to in that show. There's a lot to look forward to in the future. And one great thing uh, about all of that is... You have us on the podcast to help you go on that ride in the galaxy far, far away. So thank you for joining us every single week. Thank you for everyone that's on our on our Patreon. Uh, we have so much fun just doing all of this, and it's a blast. We love you all. We wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you all. So thank you so much for just tuning in and joining us on this crazy ride. And yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Star Stuff Podcast, on Twitter at Stuff Pod. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, uh, Star Stuff Podcast 2187. We're on TikTok. Uh, you can email us at Star Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Also, we have a Facebook page and a group. You can find us there. 
We'd love for you to give us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Write a review on Apple. The reviews have been pretty cool to see and read. Uh, and, of course, we have uh, Star Wars Stuff Gaming on Twitch. And uh, we have our website, stuffpodcastnetwork.com. And for Colin, my name is David, and may the Force be with you. Always. Max Rebo lives. Oh my gosh, press it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>